So I have been listening to a song on repeat for a couple of weeks now. It is a setting of Psalm 61, put together in part by a friend of mine in Holland, Michigan. I'm going to link a video of Jonathan singing that song in your worship liturgy. And I also hope that you'll take a listen after the sermon. I'll put it in the YouTube comment section below as well. Uh, But for now, I invite you to listen carefully and listen well to Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God, and listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock which is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Prolong the life of the king. May his years endure to all generations. May, be he, may he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. So will I ever sing praises to your name as I perform vows day after day. Let's pray together for a moment. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts whether we be in Avery County or North Carolina, whether we're scattered out listening now across the country or around the world, we pray that the meditations of all of our hearts held close to yours would be pleasing unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. You who are the rock that is higher than us. In Christ's name, amen. So we are going to move this through this psalm in three parts. There are three paragraphs written, and they invite us to look up, to look back, and to look forward. Look up, look back, and look forward. Doing this will in turn reveal to us how to live here and now. And I think that's true not only for this present moment in which we live, but I think that's a pretty good way to move through our lives generally, looking up, looking back, and looking forward. So let's dive in. Uh, Let us look up. You know, Psalm 61 begins in crisis. Hear my cry, O God, and listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. You know, all of us, I think, given our present circumstance, ought to be able to connect at some point with this psalm, right? And so what I want to do is ask you for a favor. Um, Can you take just a moment, wherever you are listening from right now, to just kind of go there for just a minute? Would you remember with me a time when your heart had grown faint? A moment when all you had left was to call out to God, begging Him to hear your prayer. Maybe this psalm takes you to work. 
where your hands have been gloved and your face has been masked for weeks now, where you have spent day after day trying to be strong of heart, but eventually mask and gloves and courageous resolve weren't enough. Work was the place where eventually your heart grew faint and you wept and whispered, Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. Maybe this psalm reminds you of a relationship in which you found your heart so bound up with the heart of another that when things fell apart, you felt yourself to be calling out from the ends of the earth, hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. Maybe this psalm reminds you not only of yourself, but of the world living in this time and in this infected space, confronted by a common enemy. Truly from the ends of the earth, right now people are crying out to God because of illness, because of COVID-19, because of lost jobs, because of unpaid rent, because of unavailable food, because of partisan politics. And people are crying out from the ends of the earth, hear my cry, O God, and listen to my prayer. You know, my most recent utterance of this plea came about a week and a half ago. As you guys know, Leslie and I are proud parents of little Spencer, and she is healthy and well and a voracious eater. And we just got back from a doctor's appointment, and she had surpassed her birth weight uh, by a full pound. But what you may not know uh, is that a couple days before giving birth, Leslie experienced a bit of fever and given her impending delivery, the doctors wanted to make sure that she did not have coronavirus. So off she went for the test, you know, Q-tip to the sinuses, and a couple of days for results would ensure that we were ready to welcome Spencer safely, regardless of the outcome of her test. Of course, Spencer decided that she would arrive the very next day, the day before any test results arrived. And so the wonderful nurses and doctors at Wataga Hospital gowned up and masked up and put gloves on their hands and shields over their faces and with courageous resolve and because there was no alternative had to treat Leslie as if she was positive for COVID-19. Which also means that I was not present for her delivery or for Spencer's birth. So when the labor pains had grown sufficiently, we piled into the car and drove through the night, arriving at the hospital just before 12 a.m., where I dropped Leslie off at the front door and watched her walk out of sight. Hear my cry, O God. And listen to my prayer. You know, reflecting on that moment now, uh, I wish that I'd been a bit more familiar with this psalm, Psalm 61, because it has this amazing line, a line that my friend Jonathan picked up for the refrain in the song, which you can find below. It focuses our relatively inarticulate cries to God and asks one thing in particular. For those of you who listened to T's great sermon last week, you'll remember that whoever asks receives. And here is what the psalmist uh, 
asks for in this moment of crisis. Lead me to the rock which is higher than I. Higher than I who lie mired here in the work um, and stress and fear of contamination. Higher than I who lie here broken by the breaking down of relationships. Higher than I who struggle to navigate the convoluted isolation of our day. Higher than I who find it hard to contain my anger dealing with my new-to-homeschool children. Higher than I who feel beaten down by poverty, by insecurity, by fear. Lead me to the rock which is higher than I. That is what we can pray. That's what we're invited to ask God for in a crisis. That's where we want to be with Jesus, who is our rock and our redeemer. That's what we are asking for. Lead me to Jesus, who has ascended to the right hand of the Father. Uh, lead me to Jesus, who says, do not be afraid. As he shows us his nail-pierced and resurrected Easter hands. Lead me to Jesus, who says, do not worry about the world, for I have overcome the world. Uh, lead me to Jesus who is above us, who calls to John of the Revelation and says, come up here and I'll show you what must take place after this. Lead me to the rock which is higher than I. He is our refuge. He is our strong tower. He is where we are invited to shelter in place. Beneath the shadow of his wings. Look, look up. Remember, look up. It's the first paragraph. But I also want you to uh, look back. That is the second paragraph. Uh, For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Um, it is a beautiful thing to realize that for those who have taken Vows to God, vows made in baptism, vows that are encapsulated in the Apostles' Creed. Do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in God the Son? Do you believe in God the Holy Spirit? Do you trust in God? Do you renounce evil? Do you promise to be a faithful disciple? Have you made those vows? It's beautiful to realize that when you make those vows, God gives to you a heritage, a heritage that is common to all those who reverence and fear God's name. And what is that heritage? It is the heritage common to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the heritage that was received by Moses and Aaron and Joshua and Ruth and David and all the prophets. It is the gift of salvation, yes. It is the gift of being led to the rock, yes. And as a part of that, it is also the gift of seeing our suffering turned into glory. The heritage is our salvation, yes. It is being led to the rock, Jesus, yes. But it is also the gift. A part of that is being able to see our suffering turned into glory. You know, Abraham left his home, didn't he? And received a promised land and a promised family, but not before his heart grew faint at the test of this call to sacrifice his beloved son. Of course, God relented. It's a foreshadowing of God's sacrifice of his beloved son. Jacob, right, was born into the family of promise as a heel grabber. 
grasping after everything and everyone. And he received, he also received the blessing, but not until after his heart grew faint. Wrestling with God by the river Jabbok, where he was renamed Israel, he who wrestles with God. Uh, David was a man after God's own heart, and he received the promised heritage. Uh, and greater promises still, but not without suffering. Um, wilderness suffering, betrayal suffering, sin suffering, and yet he too received the promise, gained a heritage. His suffering was turned into glory. It is the common witness of all the saints. God does not allow our suffering to be wasted. Suffering is condition common to our fallen humanity and our fallen world. You know about this. It doesn't need explaining but it does need to be contextualized, our suffering. Remember your heritage. Remember Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Remember that Jesus, the very rock whose glory we receive as a heritage, made that available to us precisely in his suffering. Uh, it's why he's the rock that is higher than I. He entered that suffering and has now passed through it, passed through the suffering of the cross. In the grave, he's gone through it. Now he's opened up the kingdom of heaven to all who believe. So look up. Look up. And look back to those who have gone before you. Those in the Bible and those in your own story. You have people like this in your own story. I remember my Uncle Brent who suffered ALS but conquered by looking to the rock that was higher. I remember... My friend, Tim Becker, who suffered a ruptured appendix and gangrene and a torn intestine and cried out, Jesus, and conquered because of that rock which was higher. I remember folks here in Newland Presbyterian Church. I remember Martha Guy, and I remember Sam Cartner, and I remember Doris Benfield, and I remember Charlie Harris, and all those who've gone the way of suffering but passed through that dark valley and entered into glory because of the heritage that is in Jesus. Uh, they looked up. They looked back. And I wonder where you will look, where you will choose to look when you are in crisis. Now, but also the rest of your life. And I wonder one day, who will look back at you? This leads us to the final paragraph uh, where we look forward. Um, the psalmist invites us to pray for the king whose life will endure to all generations. Even contextually, that in the book of Psalms, that couldn't be David. A king whose life endures to all generations. No, that, that must be Jesus. That must be Jesus. The psalmist looks forward to a life in God's courts, to the time when we shall forever sing praises to God's name, to the time and to the place and to the kingdom where there will be no more sickness, no more virus, no more masks and gloves and need to be courageous, need for courageous resolve in the face of devastation. The psalmist anticipates 
that time when there will be no more broken relationships and no more need to cry desperately from the ends of the earth because God will be with us on the earth. And we will be with Him and Him with us. The psalmist looks like John towards that heavenly worship and the pleasure and the glory that will continue forever. When you remember to look up and to look back and to look forward, um, your present will be clarified. Because when, you, when you're led to Jesus our rock, when you see yourself surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses when you uh, turn your eyes upon the ascended Christ and gain the victory of doxology, of worship, it brings conviction and clarity to the present, which is why, in the end, the psalmist says um, at the end of, of the psalm, that he will perform his vows day after day after day. How many days will stay-at-home orders last? Who knows? But every day we'll ask God to lead us to the rock which is higher than I. Um, How long, O Lord, uh, will we face um, viral outbreak, essential worker designations, and societal disruption? Who knows? But day after day, we'll see the Lord turn our suffering into glory, just as He has done for the generations who have gone before us. How long must we wrestle, not only with God, but with the world, with our flesh, with the devil? I think it's a little more clear until that day when, uh, till that day which, which is really only a magnificent beginning, until that time when we shall see the King return, and until that time when all things are made new. Until that day, keep looking, friends, to the safety of the rock. Keep looking up to the safety of the rock. Keep looking back to see the whole witness of all those who have feared the Lord, whom He has preserved. Keep looking forward to that eternal worship, um, which is our hope. Keep doing that day after day after day, after day, after day. Look up, look back, look forward. Know how to live. Hear my cry, O God, and listen to my prayer. Lead me to the rock, which is higher than I. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.